Welcome to the Project Future podcast for people looking to launch and build their own amazing business with me, Rob Kerr. A few years ago, I asked myself, how can people considering starting a business be confident they are making the right decision and how can they improve their chances of success? The answer has become my book titled Project Future, Six Steps to Success as Your Own Boss. A Facebook group called the Project Future Club, where we support each other to launch and build our own amazing businesses. And this podcast, where every Tuesday, a business owner shares their story, including great tips about what to do and what not to do when launching or growing a business to empower you to make better decisions on your own journey. You'll find the show notes and transcripts at robkerr.co.uk. So in these uncertain times, if starting a business could be the right option for you and your family, read the book, join the Facebook group and enjoy the show. Now let's move on to this week's episode. Hello and welcome to episode 19 of the Project Future podcast. In this episode, I speak with Ben Cameron, the founder of Cameron Publicity and Marketing. Ben has over 20 years of experience in book promotion, publishing and sales, with both traditional publishers and self-published authors. In 2006, he created Cameron Publicity and Marketing to offer the same marketing services that large publishers benefit from to all authors. Ben and his team have worked on hundreds of campaigns for everyone from big publishers to independent authors on pretty much every subject imaginable. He also worked with me on Project Future. Ben's also a well-regarded speaker and writer on book marketing and contributes articles frequently to the Writers and Artists Yearbook, Writing Magazine, The Huffington Post, The Self-Publishing Magazine and other media. He also runs masterclasses on book promotion for The Guardian newspaper. In this conversation, Ben explains how it was an easy choice for him to work with books, how his business started part-time initially, how he saw opportunity from the revolution in publishing, what success means to him, how he uses speaking to share his knowledge and grow his client base, what he loves most about what he does, who a pitch is always for, and finally, how publicity can open doors. Ben's best advice is to avoid feeling that company growth needs to be continuous. Let's have a listen. Hi, Ben. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me on. You're very welcome. And it's it's great to be able to speak with you again, especially having worked with you in a professional capacity as you did the, the fine publicity for Project Future not so long ago. Uh, thank you very much. Um, it was a great project to work on. Thank you. I had, I had a lot of fun with it and uh, some of the opportunities that you created for me and the doors that you opened. So, you know, I, I'm really looking forward to going through how you got to that stage in terms of having that business um, and indeed why it works so well for you. So I'd, I'd love for you to start by telling us a bit about your background. Yeah, so I'm American, as, as you're here. Um, and I moved to the UK about 20, 26 years ago, I think it is now. And um, I knew I wanted to work in books. I just finished university. I wanted to work in books and publishing and um, worked for a a book wholesaler for a bit and then um, became a marketing manager at a small children's book publisher and sort of a medium-sized independent children's book publisher. Um, and, um, and, and went from there. So, so I, I worked in publishing for, for many years and then eventually set up my own business, uh, camera publicity and marketing. 
I say you, that was 10 years or so after you moved to the UK. So was that always something in the back of your mind or was the timing just, just right when you, when you decided to set up Cameron Publicity and Marketing? Yeah, the, the timing was just right. It was not something that I kind of always intended on doing, but things changed in publishing and there was an opportunity there. And also sort of things changed with my job. So um, it all came together in a quite a, a fortuitous way. So, so to, to talk you through it, I was the marketing manager of a, a children's book publisher. My division um, was then closed down. So everybody was made redundant, including myself. But they decided they want to keep me on just a, a few days a week um, to see a couple of projects f- through for, you know, maybe a few weeks or so um, after everybody had left. Um, and I never left after that. Um, so I was there for another two or three years um, and became the children's publisher. Again, they decided they wanted to publish some new books and, and revitalize some of their, their past books. And um, and so I kind of became the whole children's division just by virtue of having never left when I when I was made redundant. But I was only working part time. So I was two or three days a week. And during the rest of the time, I did freelance publicity because it was the marketing side that I was in in books. And so I started out sort of very gradually moving into doing publicity for other sorts of books, not just children's books, um, but all sorts of books. And then after a few years, um, I left and set up fully on my own as Cameron Publicity and Marketing. That's really interesting. So you had, you know, almost a a soft start, if you like. So you you started to get, well, you had wider visibility whilst you were overseeing the whole children's division um, than you would have had before necessarily. And then then you started to get an idea of what else was out there and and the market as a a freelancer or as an independent consultant before then clearly setting up the the business with your specific services and, and, and creating those assets to go alongside that. Yeah, that's right. So it, it eased me into um, setting up my own business. But the other thing that happened, there, there were two sort of big revolutions in publishing that happened around that time. So that was 10, 15 years ago when, when I first started you know, doing freelance work. The first was ebooks. And although ebooks don't seem particularly revolutionary now, they're just a, another format of, of book almost. You know, At the time, it seemed like the world was coming to an end, that there would be no more um, printed books at all, and the whole world was going to shift. And then the other thing, of course, was self-publishing. So it became a fact that anybody could do it. Um, it wasn't just the, the big publishers who were sort of the gatekeepers of, of the book world. Anybody could do it. And so, so, you know, at that time when I was, you know, doing publicity for people, I just realized that there were a lot of people out there who could do with services that publishers provide in terms of marketing and publicity who are just independent people. And so, you know, I, I, I aim to fill that market. No, that's, that's a really interesting uh, way of going about it. And, and certainly, you know, I think publishing, I remember those, those days when eBooks came out and it was, you know, there, there was very much the thought that nobody needed their bookshelf anymore. And, but it, it hasn't turned out that way, has it? You know, it's, it's not like kind of DVDs and CDs that are, are kind of, very, very niche. People still do love a paperback book, but, you know, and, you know, to, to take on holiday or to have on the bookshelf, we're seeing a lot more of those at the moment, people with with four bookshelves on, on Zoom and such things. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a very interesting revolution that happened, as you say. And, and the self-publishing angle, I, I love how you kind of grasped that opportunity and, and saw clearly how people are creating 
more books for themselves and there was a gap to be filled that they couldn't necessarily get the services that they would have had if they had a, a fully in-house publisher. You know, the, the thing with self-publishing is that uh, there were more and more people being able to do it. it. It started out as vanity publishing and, you know, very much frowned upon, but people became more and more accepting of, of the fact that people could write and create their own books and publish their own books. And it, and it moved away from being vanity to something that, that people could do themselves. Um, so there are a lot of business-oriented people who really wanted to have that control over, over the publishing of their book that they wouldn't have with, with a mainstream publisher. Um, so a lot of people are choosing to self-publish as a, as a way forward for them. And so, you know, as a marketing and publicity expert, I was able to really help them um, with the visibility of their books. No, it's, it's, it's really fascinating. And I think the, that's developed in itself as well. I, I know from having gone through the, you know, the publishing journey and how the, the quality of that and the support services around it have improved. You know, I was fully expecting to, uh, to publish my book independently when I first started writing it. In the end, it, it didn't work out that way. And I, I went down a traditional route. But at the same time, you know, the, the offer of the support services that's there and the hybrid publishing model has made these things a lot more accessible for people. And clearly, you know those authors need um, need those support services in in the same way um, as, as as you would in an in-house model. So as as you developed going through the the noughties into the into the twenty tens, um, how how did the business grow? And you know what type of, of projects did you take on? Well, I I started out um, you know when I was freelance, I was doing all the work myself. So I was bringing in the work and then and then doing all the projects myself. But over time, I, I brought in other freelancers. So, um, you know, freelance publicists who, you know, themselves had extra time on their hands and, you know, built it up sort of slowly, slowly that way, just using freelancers in, in various ways. Um, and then started, you know, took a couple of people on since then. So it was, again, a, a very gradual process. Um, I was fortunate not to have to, to dive in feet first right away but at the same time it was you know a continual expansion up to a point of of where i wanted to sort of stop expanding i guess yeah absolutely and um, i know from having worked with you that the the range of contacts that you have um is is quite extraordinary in, in terms of the you know the who you who you speak with and because clearly every book that you help to to publicize is different um, and the audience for that book will be so different. So how how has that developed over the years in terms of how you've grown your your, your network of contacts? And indeed, do you reach out to new people every time you, you have a new project to work on? Pretty much. I mean, there are always a few new people I'm reaching out to uh, for, for every project. Um, but, you know, I've been doing this for a long time now. So I do know a lot of people in the business and I do have a lot of contacts but every project is different. That's what I love about it. Um, that's why I love what I do. I never quite know what I, what's coming around the corner next. And as long as I think that I can pitch it to somebody and I, I think that it's an interesting story, that then I'll take it on. But as, in terms of contacts, yeah, there are always new contacts to add and, and some contacts go away over time. But yeah, that's all what, what keeps it interesting. 
Yeah, no, it's it, it really is. And I say I was amazed at some of the opportunities that you created for me in, in terms of how how diverse they, they were. And and certainly the radio opportunities, you know, that, that you created, they came along so, so quickly. Uh, it, it was almost almost every 10 minutes. There was another another radio interview lined up it was that was fabulous fun. It, it really was. And and you have great visibility for for the book as well. So as well as the, the services that, that you have to support authors, uh, you do a lot of public speaking as well don't you so i wonder if you can tell us a bit about about that how that started and you know how you've you've taken that forward and what that contributes to the business yeah so um so you know as opportunities come up i'll, I'll speak to groups of authors for example um or i i ran um some guardian master classes on on book publicity just anywhere i can get a big group of people together um i'm happy to to talk about publicity and give people hints and tips and advice. And, and, and that's a lot of what it's about. So, you know, I don't expect everybody I talk to, to come to me and buy our services. It's nice when they do. Um, but at the same time, I'm happy to talk to people and give them hints and advice. And it might be that they, they have a book that doesn't really lend itself to a full publicity campaign. And, and maybe it's something that they can, they can do themselves. And I'm happy to, to give them some direction on that. And certainly the, the, you know, just doing that kind of thing. Obviously, that's that's kind of great to give something back, but then the the credibility that you you have from being involved in, you know, with, with some of those organisations and for for speaking, must must help people because it's it's not a small you know investment working with a, a, a PR and marketing company. It's it has to be considered, I, I guess, in terms of what the what the kind of pros and cons might be. And it's um, I, I dare say for you, it's it's almost always new you know, people that you work with as well, because it's first time authors and such things. And um, I guess there are some repeat customers, but but largely you're, you're, you're pitching to, to different people each time due to the nature of, of the work. Is that right? Yeah, that, that, that is largely true. Um, you know, because it takes people, you know, it can take people two or three years to do their next book. Um, so we do get repeat customers, but there tends to be quite a long gap in between. So it's not a case that we're continually working with people. Um, and then there are obviously, you know, new, new clients and new authors coming along all the time. So, so yeah, it is, it is as if um, it's a new client almost every time. Uh, but it's great to, to have the repeat customers coming back um, just to see how they, how they fared since the last time I worked with them. Yeah, absolutely. So in, in terms of the process, uh, so which, of course, I've, I've been through, I know you start with a, a huge long questionnaire. That, that helps to to set the scene for you in terms of what the author does, uh, what their book's about, um, and indeed what they're looking to get out of the publicity. So I was amazed when you converted that into the draft pitch for me, which which I dare say we didn't change too much. You know, we kept that kind of as it was. And I, I loved it. You know, when that pitch came through, I was like, yes, this this absolutely speaks to the audience that I want to speak to. It speaks about me and and about the book. So I wonder if you can just tell us how how you go about framing those things together and how you find the words to create a pitch that will really appeal to the audience. Yeah, that, that's that's a great question because and and I, I think you know it's, it's something that people don't really think about too much, but it's what I really love about what I do. Um, it's what I really get enthusiastic about because I'm presented essentially with an author and with a book. And, um, you know, there is a long, a long author questionnaire that I have people fill in, you know, and, and it gives me lots of, lots of information, but I have to translate that into something that, you know, people in the media are going to understand really quickly. 
so so it has to be concise the press release that I, that I create from in the first place and it has to be enticing so it's trying to find the elements within an author's book and their own life that will will be enticing to people and and, and will excite them um and you know that that media media journalists and and reporters will want to uh write about or or talk to people about yeah we should only get one chance don't you i, I think you know once you once you go out to 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 that person they they'll either say yes or they'll say no they, they're hardly ever going to say maybe let me think about it you know you it's it's very much a one-time you know opportunity in in that respect that, that, that's right. And, and the key is just really being really clear to people about what, um, what it is that what the idea that you're trying to get across is, and how it relates to them. So, the, you know, the key is not just the journalist that you're talking to, but their audience that they're talking to. So, so the journalist is in a way in between you and their audience. So you're trying to get at their audience, you're talking to the journalist, so you need to say, your audience is going to be interested in this book because of X, Y, or Z. And so, so that's, that's the key. And to be able to get that across, you know, in a sentence, in even the, even the um, subject line of, of an email, it's got to be quick. It's got to be really catchy and really concise and, and say what it's going to do for the, for the person who's reading it. Yeah, indeed. And although we had the one pitch, um, you know, I, I noticed as we went through the campaign with the, the different stages and the different audiences that you were speaking to, that you, you tweaked it, you know, and just just ever so slightly. And on, on that basis, I'm sure, in, in terms of the audience um, and, and what it was that they were looking to achieve and indeed how they deliver it. You know, whether, you know, say I mentioned the radio, uh, but other articles uh, that we created, uh, TV appearances as well, you know, all of that kind of stuff. There, there's very much a, a different medium of delivering the content. Yeah, and, and, and exactly. And for, for Project Future, you know, one pitch would be to, to radio people, and that would be so how you can talk to their audience about, you know, maybe people who have been made redundant over the last year, as many people have. So how you can help them to set up their new businesses. Um, but I might also be talking to uh, um, media that deals with people who are already in business or are involved in startups. And so to them, I'm talking a slightly different sort of angle. You know, it's about how the optimal way to start up a new business and, and how to optimize that um, acceleration that you want from a business. So, so the angles that I'm working with, although it's the same book, same author, it's really keeping in mind the audience who is the, who is the final audience that I'm pitching to. Yeah, it's all about that final audience because it's the decision makers in the middle that will care on behalf of their audience. And I think that works in so many more ways than than just publicity. I think, you know, whatever type of business somebody somebody might have, you know, it's like when you're pitching, you're you're pitching to get someone to say yes on behalf of somebody else more often than not. <laughs> you know, in terms of whether that's customers or, you know, however it may be, there's it's it's all part of a bigger picture isn't it and i think that's that's really interesting to take a step back and think about it in that way yeah and for, and for me that final audience the the people who listen to the radio interviews the people who read the newspapers those are the people who are going to buy the book um not the journalist so i need to make sure that you know the journalist is with me as i'm talking to that that audience yeah but at the same time you're doing the journalist um, you're, you're helping them to deliver uh, at the same time to, to kind of to do their job, which is to create exciting content. Yeah, and I want to make it as easy for them to do that as possible. 
I want to give them as much information and as, as much of, of the interest in the story as I can. I would write, you know, if I could, I would write it all for them. You know, I can't because of, you know, they're journalists and, that, and that's their job. But, um, but I want to give them as much of that information as possible in the way that I want it to be angled. Yeah, I, I love it, and and certainly, as I say, the, the the opportunities that you created for me were were great and and really well received, and and very different than I was expecting initially. You know, having not gone through that process before, I didn't really know what to expect. But yeah, I was I was really pleased with the the range of of opportunities that we had and uh, the longevity of those opportunities as well, because you know that they're a platform for me now. Um, so a platform for me and for the book in, in terms of what you created, because when people are going to you know, look at me and go, oh, okay, you know, shall we work with him? You can see that, you know, I've, I've, I've been on, you know, X and, and been features in, you know, X place. So I think having that, that platform as, as a new author is, is really, really useful. And it, it works beyond the book in many respects as well. I think the services that you offer and, and it will help people, you know, go a lot further. Yeah. And, 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 and something that a lot of authors come to me um, saying, if I, you know, spend X amount of money, you know, with, with you um, promoting my book. Am I going to sell Y number of books in order to, to 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 make that money back? And I think that's just the wrong question because there's so much more that you can get out of a publicity campaign than the pure sales that you get back. You know, within a month or or two months from a publicity campaign because you're getting opportunities. It's all about opportunities, and we've had. You know, authors who have gone on BBC Breakfast Television, for example, and then been been asked to back again, or have had other opportunities that have risen out of that. So it, it's the the key is to to look at publicity as opening doors, um, not just your immediate sales, but what it can give you in the long term as well. Yeah, indeed, and that was certainly the view that I took to it. To try and keep it as simple as being book sales, I think, as you say, it's not the right question. So it's, uh, yeah, it's. I was always looking at the bigger picture element of it, and hopefully that made me a good client. <laughs> <laughs> You're a great client. <laughs> you have to say that. <laughs> so no, that's really interesting, Ben. It really is, and uh, you know, I, as I say, I've really enjoyed working with you. And I know from something you put in uh, in the Facebook group, uh, you know that. COVID has changed the nature of your business completely over the last year or so in terms of not being able to, to meet up with people. So I wonder if you can explain a bit about what happened in, in 2020, how you responded to it and how you see the business moving forwards. Yeah, so, you know, I, I was out, you know, meeting clients all the time. I was, you know, doing speaking engagements, uh, picking up clients that way. And with COVID, obviously, you know, it changed, changed for us as, as, as like it changed for everybody else. The core of what I do, you know, talking to people and getting publicity for books, that, that hasn't changed, though. So I'm still calling people up, sending people emails, getting them interested in books. Um, it's changed probably more in how I get clients. Um, you know, I'm doing more online marketing and, and that sort of thing. Than, than speaking engagements. So I'll be happy to get back to speaking engagements at some point. But, um, but you know, in the meantime, it hasn't affected what I do. It's just affected um, how I get the clients in, you know, to the degree that I've got um, what, what I call my Zoom shirt, which is a shirt that sits on the back of my chair. 
and um, it's it's a it's a sh a nice shirt that I put on when I have a Zoom meeting, and then I take it off again and and just have my T-shirt underneath um, when I'm not in a Zoom meeting. It's quite <laughs> nice to be able to be that casual uh, most of the time, but it will be nice to be in front of an audience again. Yeah, I, I think there's many listeners, and and I certainly will you know un empathize with you there, and and you know that when we do get to see people again, I, I think it's going to make it so much more fun than uh than it ever was in many respects well it's been great speaking with you ben i've really enjoyed learning more about your business and and your story of how you, you came to create it so before you go there's four questions that i ask every guest on the show yeah so I'd, I'd love to know what your one best piece of advice is for someone starting a business today um i would say don't feel that your company has to continually grow and become massive when I when I first set up my my business, I was thinking of these, you know, big, you know, you don't have to start out in your garage and then become Apple. You can start out in your garage and become a business that works really for you and for your lifestyle and what you want to get from it without being a massive, massive company. So there is a point where you can, you know, just not necessarily put the brakes on, but just not press the accelerator if you don't want to. So be as big as you're comfortable being. Yeah, I think that's great advice. And, and you know, so many of the stories that we see, um, unfortunately, in, in the press, you know, are about these, you know, companies that have uh, ballooned and, and, and got really huge. But as you say, not everybody wants to do that. Um, you know, I, I certainly don't, you know, I'll, I'll be comfortable, you know, with, with my business. And I, I'm, I am comfortable with, with how it's grown over the last few years. And, you know, that, that, that does become a level for, for many people. And yeah, I, I think that's that's really good advice, and it's really useful to to take that step back and you know and say, okay, where do I want it to go? How can my business work for me in in that respect? So yeah, I think I think that's really great advice. And what do you know now that you wish you knew back in two thousand and six when you started your business? When I first started the the, the business. Um... There was there's that sort of startup energy that you have, that, that sort of go, go, go that you have, and everything's changing, and you're really worried about how things are going to go. Um, but at the same time, it's, it's very exciting. And that is really hard to keep going over time. And so what I'm always trying to do is, is try to get that energy back and, and get that excitement back and to, so to change things around in my business that will keep it fresh and keep it new and keep it exciting. I would, you know, if I, if I could go back, I would make more of that energy at, that I initially had, and I would try to draw it out more. Um, always feel like a startup. Whereas, you know, once once a company matures and you, you become comfortable with, with what you're doing and how you're doing it, I think, you know, you can atrophy a bit. So uh, it's, it's always a struggle and it's always something that I'm conscious of and, and trying to do is to keep to think of myself as a, as a startup or think of the company as a startup and keep the energy levels high. I, I love that angle to it in terms of just thinking like a startup, even as I say, you're 15 years in now, uh, but to, to think like a startup is, is a wonderful thing to do and probably will keep things fresh um, in terms of the ideas that will come in and the, and the opportunities that you can create for, for your clients as well by thinking in that way. That's right. And, you know, you got to keep things fresh, even if you're not necessarily growing, expanding, becoming bigger. Um, so, for example, you know, my company works with, with book authors, but we are a pub publicity company at heart. And so we can do publicity for other things. It's just that 
you know, I like working with books and I like working with authors. Um, so, so that's why we, we stick to those, that area. But, you know, within that, things are always changing in publishing and, and things are always changing the sort of offerings that you can, you can make for authors. Um, so that's what keeps it fun and exciting. Oh, that's great. And is there a resource that you'd recommend for somebody early on in their journey? So be that a, a website, a book, a podcast, and anything that you've come across that, that you think would be useful? Oh, Project Future, obviously. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I am your publicist. I have to say that. Um, I, I mean, it, it's a great book that I, I wish I had when I when I started out. But but the, but I will also mention the book that I did have when I started out, um, which which helped a lot um, was Entrepreneur Revolution by Daniel Priestley. And, and in fact, I, I've read several of his books, and and they've really helped me along the way. So Daniel Priestley's books are, are something that have, have really been an inspiration for me. He seems to sort of get that startup energy that I mentioned down well. So so that is what I'd recommend in addition to Project Future. And it's a great recommendation as well. And, and uh, I must say, you don't know this, uh, but Entrepreneur Revolution was the first business book that I ever read. And it was the outside of textbooks and things like that. But it was it was the first kind of paperback business book I ever read. And I dare say that if, if I didn't read that book, I never would have started my business. Um, so, so yeah, and it's, it's a great recommendation. And Daniel knows that. I, I met him a few years ago and I, I told him that. And um, yeah, he was he was pleased. I think he gets people telling him those things a lot. Uh, <laughs> so it wasn't like, oh, wow, that's I'm really sure out of the does. ordinary. I'm sure he does. Yeah, I mean, actually, there's another book I should mention as well, which which is even older than that, um, and a lot of people know it. But it's Getting Things Done by David Allen. It's you know gives me the sort of system that I have for keeping notes and and keeping my activities um, organized um, day to day, um, and and that's a that's a fantastic book as well. Excellent one for me to check out because I've not read that. So, thank you. And is there a guest that you'd recommend uh, to come on a future episode of the show? Yeah, I would recommend an author that I worked with last year called Claire Bodanis. Claire runs a company called Falcon Windsor, and what they do is write annual reports for companies. Um, and they also read and analyze annual reports. Um, and it's something that sounds really dry, and, and it's something that, you know, people, uh, you know, might groan when, when, when they think of, you know, big corporate annual reports. But she's convinced me that that these things are so important. And the magic of what she does is um, really explain well how the details matter, how the things that seem like drudge work to to some people, you know, that's that's where the magic is. And 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 that's what, you know, where you can really find out about a business or a company is in those annual reports. But even if it's not annual reports you're talking about, you know, it's it, she, she's a detail-oriented person. And I think that detail is something that people tend to forget about as they're trying to grow a company. And it's the little things that matter. Yeah, that's a brilliant recommendation. And I, I certainly look forward to getting in touch with Claire and hopefully getting her on the show. You know, I'm, I'm very much believe in the details. I believe in looking back and, you know, lessons learned and all those kind of things that we need to do in order to, to, to grow our business and indeed to grow as people moving forward. So, so yeah, that's a, a fantastic recommendation there. Thank you. And, and just finally then, Ben, if people want to find out more about you, uh, where should they go? Uh, they can go to our website, which is www.cameronpm.co.uk. So that's Cameron, C-A-M-E-R-O-N-P-M for publicity and marketing.co.uk. You can get in touch with me through the website or, or email me directly at ben at cameronpm.co.uk. 
That's great. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. It's been it's really exciting and um, and fascinating for me to learn more about the, the background and everything that you do. So uh, thank you so much. Ah, it's been great. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Having been in business for 15 years, I think Ben's a great case study of an established lifestyle business. I loved his point about the business not needing to continue to grow if you don't want it to. Having a business that enables the lifestyle you want to lead is a great thing, and feeling pressure to continue growing something for the sake of it can often be self-defeating. Equally though, balancing that off by retaining the energy that comes from a startup, and indeed any new relationship, feels like a solid yet fresh way to sustain a business. If this episode has inspired you to pursue the idea of starting your own business, start with my three-minute quiz today at robcurr.co.uk forward slash quiz. On next week's episode, I speak with Bryn Emmons on the importance of timing. So subscribe now to get notified of this on Tuesday morning. Thank you for listening. Until next time, keep launching and building those amazing businesses that give you satisfaction and balance.